Absolute Zero by Robert P. Fitton. Episode 16, Beetlehouse is Surprised. Beetlehouse was informed around 9 o'clock the next morning that Brian Carey had regained consciousness. He left the isolation of his hotel room and hurried back to the hospital like an expectant father. Carey's doctor, remembering Beetlehouse's excitability, was poised at the swinging doors when he heard the executive had arrived at the hospital. He saw Beetlehouse running down the hospital corridor, coat over his arm, and nodding in anticipation. Is he all right, doctor? asked Beetlehouse as he came to the doors. Far from all right, Mr. Beetlehouse. Please, call me George, call me George. Well, uh, George, he does not need any further strain, summed up the doctor. Well, can I go in? asked Beetlehouse. No, you can't. Mrs. Carey and her mother are in there now. Give them another five minutes and you can go into the waiting room if you like. Fine, fine. I'm just glad the kid's awake. God, am I glad, said Beetlehouse as he, as he walked over to the room on his right. None of the members of the team had arrived yet, but he stuck his head in the doorway when he saw one man sitting in a chair reading a magazine. That man was Jackie Blair. He looked up at the general manager and broke into a broad smile as he leaped to his feet. George, have you heard the news? He said as he patted Beetlehouse on the shoulder. Don't you touch me, said Beetlehouse. Blair jumped back. What's wrong with you, George? There is nothing wrong with me, Blair. I know all about you and your mafia contacts, he said as he pushed his finger into the athletic man's chest. Let me tell you one thing, Blair. If you ever get those people near my ball player again, he said very slowly, I will personally go after you. I want to know what happened with Grzynski. Where is he? I don't know that, George. Mr. Beetlehouse, you can go in now, said the nurse as Joni and the mother-in-law came through the swinging doors. You remember what I said, Blair? Keep those bums away from my kid, said Beetlehouse, pointing to him. He turned and his face filled with compassion as he embraced Joni. Joni, Joni, it's alive, George. We can thank God for that, she said thankfully. Oh, you're darn tootin', Joni. Brian's a tough cookie. He'll come out of this all right. I don't think you've met my mother, Mrs. Johnson, she said. Mrs. Johnson, a pleasure to meet you. George Beetlehouse. We've got a strong daughter here. And son-in-law, observed Mrs. Johnson, whom I will visit right now. If you'll excuse me, said Beetlehouse, I'm very excited about getting in there and seeing Brian. Gave one final look to Blair, and then he headed toward the swinging doors. The door to Carrie's room was closed, and Beetlehouse opened it slowly and peered inside cautiously. You're all right, Brian, he said as his blue eyes became moist. Hardly, George, said Carrie, whose left portion of his face was bloated like a pumpkin in a black and blue hue. His left eye was sealed shut from swelling, and all that remained was a darkened slit. I almost lost my eye, George. Another quarter of an inch, and it would have been splatted like an egg. I'm sorry, Brian. We're looking for Grzynski. What do you mean you're looking for Grzynski? We think this might have been done on purpose. What? Wait, wait. We don't know anything yet. This will pass. You're right, George. It will pass. Let's get it. Let's get this thing straight. I'll never play ball again. I've had it. One minute I'm staring at Krasinski, and now here I am in this room. I've had it, George. That's not necessarily true, Brian. You don't know that for sure, said Beetlehouse unconvincingly. Don't con me, George. I know the score, said Carrie, sounding very tired. 
now we have more important things to take care of I received a telegram I received a telegram from the Bahamas did McPherson add anything else McPherson you got a telegram from McPherson where is it well it's with my stuff over there inside the inside the tote bag Beetle House went over and rummaged through the bag Beetle House unfolded the paper and read it he reached into his pocket pulling out a set of brass keys here they are Great. Did McPherson say McPherson was murdered, Brian? Murdered? I don't want to get you all riled up here, but this thing is closing in. We don't even know if they're bugging this room right now. We've got to get inside that Cogni building, said Carrie. This whole thing is out of our league. It's even out of the league of your buddies. Fisher and the other guys. Concerned about his Crager, said Beetlehouse as he set his coat on the chair. Let me get to the heart of this, said Kerry. All right, then you can start with Mr. Grzynski again. I think Grzynski deliberately threw at you. I've been thinking about good old Al ever since I woke up. I think he deliberately beamed me. I agree with you. We'll find out that answer very soon. I've got Gil Cerillo. I've got Gil Cerillo and a whole bunch of other people looking into this right now. Well, I've been thinking about Darby and her friend Phillips. Well, they're somewhere in Mississippi trying to call yesterday morning. They called my secretary and left a message that they were trailing some tractor trailer with the name Walsh on the outside. And they haven't checked in since then? No, I told Rita to make their calls a priority and connect me with them at once. Why the hell did we send them after that truck? Said the upset Carrie. No, that message just said it's a moving and storage truck from Titusville, Florida. 1957 North Main Street. I remember it. That's amazing, said Beetlehouse as he wrote down the address. At that point, the doctor opened the door to the room. I'm sorry, Mr. Beetlehouse, but there are more people have arrived. I'll have to ask you to leave. You may return this afternoon. Now, wait, doctor, wait, said Carrie. Never mind the other people. George is staying here for as long as he wants. We've got business to discuss. I don't think that's a good idea. I know a little bit more about your medical condition and treatment than you do, Mr. Carrie, retorted the doctor. You heard what he said, doctor. Get out of here. Scram. The doctor sneered at Beetlehouse and moved outside into the corridor. George, we've got to act quickly. Get somebody into that building. Brian, I don't think it'll be easy getting into the Cogni building. It's one of the largest foundations in the world. In fact, it would probably be impossible. Possible, George. You've got the keys. You've got the brass keys from McPherson. I don't know. The whole thing is electronically controlled. I don't know what these keys go to. I don't think they're about to let us stroll into the 52nd floor with a shopping cart. And besides, we could be opening up a can of worms that we'll regret. These people are very powerful. Are you saying we should just sit by and let them kill men and take bodies to who knows where? No, no. I'm saying we've got to be extremely careful. When they find Grzynski, I'll send them down to Titusville. That's all well and good, George, but London should be the number one priority. He said as he lifted his hand to his face. Then he half closed his eyes as fatigue set in. Brian, are you all right? No, I'm just getting tired, George. This is, uh, this is incredible. All right, I'll be going. I don't want to rile you up any more than I already have, said Beetlehouse as he grabbed his coat. Give me the telegram, George, said Carrie. Leave it in here? We're damn lucky somebody didn't go through your wallet. No, sir, I'm going to hold on to it. It'll have safekeeping. Okay, one last thing, George. I want out of this place. You get me out of this place. You've got connections. Get me to Miami. So I'm in earshot range of this Titusville place. 
I can arrange it once they say you're all right to be moved. I can't do anything more than that. And George, I want round-the-clock security for both me and my family. I think that's a good idea. I'll contact you by personal courier when I've heard anything, and I suggest you do the same if you're going to get anything to me. This thing is way out of our control. Just take it easy, George, said Carrie as Beetlehouse left. Passed through the swinging doors and locked in... It was full, but Blair had left, which pleased Beetlehouse to no end. It was Blair that he blamed for bringing Brian Carey into the orbit of killers and thugs. Carey was transferred to a Miami hospital soon after the visit from Beetlehouse, and then accompanied by security guards, he was brought to his home in Key Biscayne. In a week since the injury, the swelling had subsided, but his face was still shaded black. His balance and coordination had not been affected, but he did have problems getting around. The vision to his left eye measured 2080, but and was somewhat improving. An optometrist had been sent to the home with a pair of silver rimmed glasses. Every day, he sent one of the security people to the Tempura building with an envelope. Inside, he asked if Beetlehouse had heard anything concerning Darby O'Malley and this guy Phillips. Each day, the answer would come back, scrawled in Beetlehouse's illegible handwriting. Nothing. It wasn't until the seventh day had passed that Beetlehouse had something definite to tell Carrie. Carrie sat on the sofa watching television as Hawkins drove the limousine toward Kiba's game. Joni! Yes, Brian, what can I get you? She asked as she came into the room. Ha, how about a new eye? snapped Carrie, who was becoming increasingly irritated with the problem of the missing Darby O'Malley and Phillips. Brian, I'm sorry, she said as she held out her hands. Yeah, well, you can't change what is to be, I always say. He heard Hawkins pull into the driveway. She ran over and pulled out the back curtain. It's Hawkins, Brian. He's Beetlehouse's limousine. Hello, Hawkins. I take it George is ready to see me, said Carrie. Yes, sir, you're looking better, Mr. Carrie said Hawkins. Yeah, right. George wants you up at the uh, George wants you at the Tempura building, Brian. Well, he can't go there now. No, I'm feeling all right. I'm feeling all right. I've got the clearance from the doctors. Unless I start doing big time wrestling or something like that, I'll be all right. This must be important if George wants to see me. Join us next time for another episode of Absolute Zero by Robert P. Fitton. Produced by Fitton Theatre of the Words.